0: Here we are! Burn the ship! Another one. We're back. Um, I appreciate you being here, my friend. I'll allow you to introduce yourself shortly to our audience. Um, this is Burn the Ship Podcast. Our goal here is to connect entrepreneurs or professionals that can help you go on in your business. And a big part of that is your look. Um, and a bigger part of that is confidence and understanding that you have the ability to make a difference. Um, so that was kind of the first grounds that we connected on. So not to steal your thunder, um, but I appreciate you being here. Like I said, I really do think you're a, a huge asset, um, both in mindset and in and product and service to a lot of people that make up our audience. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Oh well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. My name is Casey and I own a business called Curating Confidence. Rightfully so. So from a high level, I'm a wardrobe stylist. I help people put their best foot forward from an aesthetic perspective. They are you are a walking billboard for yourself. So are you in control of what you're saying with that billboard? Are you sending out the message visually to people that you want them to think of you? But from a much deeper level, I am a confidence coach. I help people make that transformation in their confidence so that they are putting their best foot forward organically. And, you know, changing clothes is a quick win. It's something like our culture really wants. It's that um, seeing it possible to feel good in your own skin quickly. It's, It's that instant gratification that we're always looking for, right? But once we get that instant gratification, it's the aftermath that starts coming up. The true insecurities that you're walking around with that hold you back the most. So wardrobe is a tool I use to get you those quick wins if you're feeling insecure about your body image. If you're feeling undervalued, unseen, unheard. Stuck, overwhelmed, any of those things as, as a person because so much of how we identify is wrapped up in our self-image. Sure. So it, once we get that layer pushed through and broken down, we can start to really identify what are the stories that are connected to that layer. Those are where the tra- true transformation happens, and that's how we make it sustainable confidence and not just changing your clothes.
0: Sure. Well, the inquisitive nature of the way that you approach this issue is unique to me. Tell me a little bit of a story of how you kind of got to where you are now. Like what, what was kind of your first um, intro into the business world? And then how did it end with your kind of running and operating your own business here, especially for a unique set of business um, individuals?
1: Sure. Um. So my story starts a little bit further back, just because that's what got me to this very unique place. And it really, um, out of high school, I was just like everybody else. I didn't really know what I was going to do, um, and I, you know, go to college because mom and dad tell you to go to college. And long story short, I ended up um, having the opportunity to do some international modeling. And it was an opportunity I saw, and I I just kind of ran with it. It was a chance to travel and do and and. From somebody who didn't even realize how insecure I already was, that industry just catapulted me into true insecurities. Like my whole job was having people tell me how wrong I was for a certain thing, right? And, And I knew that was never for me long term. But what it did was it gave me the opportunity to take myself to fashion school, which is what I really wanted to do. So I educated myself in fashion design. And I loved it. Everything clicked and fit into place I liked being on the back end and and through that I was able to kind of work in some really cool industries get to experience lots lots of different sides of fashion so I've worked in fashion in some capacity for 15 years now um visual merchandising and PR I worked on film sets and tv shows and and things of that nature but it wasn't until my life hit a brick wall that I had any idea that I wanted to use this skill to serve people in a much deeper capacity. And I went through a massive health shift. I um, got really, really sick. I started losing work because I was passing out all the time. Nobody could figure out what was going on. And I put on 100 pounds in nine months. And you talk about somebody that has come from modeling to the fashion industry. And my self-worth plummeted all because my insecurities around my self-image and what that meant to me. And it completely mentally took me out of the game for anything. And it was through that struggle and, and pulling myself out and being able to, over time, and again, it's nothing's a quick fix. It's it's Transformation never is. But it was understanding that I am trained in an industry that teaches you how to appreciate your body where it's at. And unfortunately, that industry kind of pushes one look usually. Um, It's getting a little better. But still, we have this um, identifiable look in our brain that we should be to be the ultimate, right? To be what we consider pretty or handsome or, you know, attractive on any level. And um, when, when that got rocked for me, when I didn't have that to turn to... What did I have? It was my skill set. And I slowly was able to kind of shift my mindset around how I felt about myself by using my clothes as a tool, um, by being able to dress myself in a way that, okay, I'm not where I think I want to be ideally, but this is pretty good for today. Sure. And it was those like little shifts over time, right, Um, that made me realize this is really powerful, But it wasn't until much later that I identified it on a level that I understood that so many other people needed this ability. So many other people are going through life with this story and insecurity around their body. And um, I call her my first accidental client. I had um, a lady who needed a dress for a special event and she had recently had a double mastectomy. And rightfully so, she was super insecure with what that put her body through. She was unable to identify in a happy place with what she looked like in the mirror. And so it was kind of through that first opportunity to get to help her that I saw how much it didn't matter if it was my story or her story or anybody's story. They're all different, but we're all carrying around this insecurity. And if I can help elevate you past that, You do all the rest of it for yourself. You put that best foot forward and you take ownership of your life. And we have so much power in that.
0: Sure. So you've you've focused on kind of helping remedy the aftermath of some of these expectations that society puts on you for a look. Have you played around with the idea of the before of how can we kind of renegotiate what some of these expectations are for people's bodies?
1: Yeah. I, um, so from a before perspective, I don't think there has to be a cultural shift and it's starting to happen. You, you see it more and more in diversity happening, but it ultimately comes back to that individual and if we don't first see the need to change in ourselves, we won't see the need to change the overall system. So it's it's transformation one insecurity at a time <laughs> to, right. to try to affect the overall impact of an industry. Um, and there's lots of layers to that as well. But you know, my goal is is truly being able to help that one person because. Then I can grow and help maybe one more person. And that over time creates bigger shifts because that's what they feel about themselves gets reiterated in how they put themselves out there in their careers, in their families as a parent. And so those shifts I can help make on an individual le- level ripple into sure. to the back end.
0: Well, I just know that some some people that I follow that, you know, I build, you know, not really my fashion around. My, my fashion's kind of unique, but the people that I know that have a platform that are famous because they're athletes or comedians or whatever it is that have taken a shot at kind of breaking down some of those expectations of masculinity is very unique to me. And I know, and I can't speak to them as well, because obviously I don't follow them as well, but in the, the, the world of women that that's happening a lot as well Is that there's a lot of, there's a big body positivity movement that's going on out there. So it's kind of like without those people, people wouldn't be as well versed in the way that you help people, but without the way that you help people, there really wouldn't be a platform for those people to make those kind of allegations because everybody would kind of be in the same mindset, you know, is we need to break down these industry standards. We need to break down these social standards and change them because not everybody looks like this. Well, the real effectiveness, I feel like what they want to do is they want to train people to build their mind more like you, where they can say, Hey, you can, build confidence in people one individual at a time i feel like that's where the real rubber meets the road is you know when people kind of put together that mission to to help one person at a time like yourself so i see both sides of that thing is like if you have your huge platform you know highlight and point out what is going on that you don't think is fair to a lot of people that kind of didn't sign up to live in in this world of expectations whereas you're not really inspiring confidence in one individual at a time because you don't have that relationship with that person. So I think it's kind of a twofold approach that you need both of those things. I I wanted to peer kind of into, you know, what your thought process was behind those things, because I think a lot of people are doing a lot of really good work as far as what expectations are set by society. I mean, there's a lot of people that are trying to break down those barriers.
1: Absolutely. And I I think that's, kind of the beautiful part of where I'm at in in my business now is situated in a position where there are these people on these mega platforms having this conversation. Um, you know, if I had been pushing to do this work 10 years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, it wouldn't have had the voice. Sure. As, as much as I have had that. And I think it takes that combination of people and, and experts and people that just really want to support and love on people in whatever capacity they're in at that time, um, it takes all the moving parts. So I am grateful for people on these giant platforms having that conversation. Um, I'm grateful for the ability to have gone through my process, to have the empathy, to work with my clients one-on-one, to understand where they're at, and to help them bridge that gap to get to the next step. So sure. I think it takes all the moving parts. In
0: yeah, me. I agree. Well, it seems that kind of highlighting this sh- shortcoming of confidence in today's world has really been what you've been an expert at is that, you know, I guess it's kind of a twofold approach is that understanding fashion and, you know, not just slapping whatever clothes on whatever person and hoping they feel good about it. I, that That is a skill set and it's on and one that I certainly will more than likely never possess. Um, <laughs> but the other aspect of that is that you kind of understand this therapeutic process of identifying what inhibits people from using their mind and their body the way that they want to, and then kind of breaking down and getting past, like you said, one insecurity at a time. What are those conversations like? Like how how do those kind of take place and and what are some unique experiences you've had kind of, you know, um, isolating and addressing these specific insecurities from the people that you work with?
1: Yeah, so it's really interesting when people first sit down to work with me, a lot of times they don't even really know what they want out of it. They're just like, I know I'm supposed to look better. Um, I feel like I don't have great fashion sense or I feel really frumpy or um, I I hear frumpy a lot from people that are like, I'm I'm interested in this, but, I, you know. Um, So when we start to get – excuse me. When we start to get through the true work – And we have some of those quick wins I talked about in changing the wardrobe. And they get to see what's possible for them. It starts to really unveil itself um, because we will be in a dressing room looking for certain specific things and they will hit a wall and they will say, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't know why I don't like that, but I don't like that. No, it doesn't feel right. So it's me being able to step back and give them space and time and asking the right questions for them to stop and say, okay, okay. Turn around, look in the mirror. What are you feeling when you have this on? And ultimately it comes back to whatever their insecurity might be. Um, I had one lady with really horrible scoliosis. And she's like, I feel crooked. I always feel crooked. And that's something she's been carrying around her whole life. And it makes her insecure. And it makes her not want to put herself out there. So how can I help alleviate that feeling for her using some essentially optical illusions in fashion right right you know it's all about balance proportion and line sure. same as any art would would be um but if you don't have that knowledge you don't you always go back to your your habits you know like i know i want something new but i don't know what else to try so i'm going to try this in a different color and see if i like it better that's kind of what we do as human nature we get on this hamster wheel of, of repeating habits And so it's being able to slow them down long enough to truly recognize what's coming up for them and how can I help get you past that. And then we're going to have some really deep conversation around it because some of these things have been going on for a long time. Um, Working um, with a woman that's really tall and some women love being tall. Like I'm tall. I've always really just embraced being tall. But for some women that has truly caused an insecurity where it affects their posture and how they carry themselves through the world. And, and how they view themselves. So it's it's being able to come up against these walls when we're trying clothes on and when we're having these conversations about what they want their look to be or what they think they want their look to be and really identifying the underlying source of that struggle for them and being able to then do the work around it.
0: Sure. So it it seems to me, and your, your name of your business is Curating Confidence, right? Yes. It seems to me that chronologically first you became an expert in the fashion industry. Then along the way you become an expert at identifying insecurities and helping curate confidence for women or do you work with men as well?
1: I work with both.
0: Okay. Um. So you married those two where – where or excuse me, combined combined two. You married those two whereas fashion is a tool for you guys is that you have – this underlying mission to help people break down these barriers and what they feel when they feel uncomfortable in in certain areas of their life whether it be fashion related or not even though you're just kind of putting that band-aid on it with fashion what are some other ways that because as far as fashion goes, I hope that our audience knows that they should kind of turn to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because it's the tool that you've selected. I mean, uh, right. like you, you can be a landscaper and there's a thousand tools that landscapers use, but if you use one the best, that's what you're going to be hired for. You sure. know, if you do shrubs or bushes or pruning the best, that's what you're going to do a lot of. If you stripe everybody's yard up with an awesome 60 inch lawnmower, that's what you're going to do a lot of. So I hope that our audience kind of turns to you and leans on you for that fashion piece. What are some other practices that people that might not be ready, you know, budget wise or confidence wise to reach out to you can do to kind of, you know, improve their own confidence in their own right? right? You know, I think that's probably the most valuable thing that we can leave people today with is that if you're out there and you feel like you're on this island alone, first of all, reach out to either of us. I think either of us will take you pretty much anyone that's listening to this phone call if if we can be a listening ear for you. But what are some things that they can do, some practices, some, um, you know, habits that they can form that really help people begin to curate that sense of confidence.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say the number one thing I would recommend you to do is sit down, give yourself 10 minutes and try to identify your style. If If you were to go up to the random person at a shopping mall and say, you know, what's your style? What are you trying to what are you trying to create your look around? And they're like, uh what do, you, what do you even mean? You know, um, I like purple. You people don't stop and say, here is my style and this is what I'm trying to achieve. And ways I would recommend to do that, um ask yourself, what are your core values? What are What is important to you? And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but your core values are what drive your decisions through your life. Sure. So if you can kind of identify what's important to me, start there as a baseline. Then what's my personality like? Am, do I like to be silly, colorful? Do I like really sophisticated, polished things? You know, build yourself a small framework. Um, words that are identifiable to you. Uh, I have narrowed mine down to two. So for example... Um, I call myself polished drama. <laughs> I like to look really polished by like really dramatic silhouettes and colors and really bold things. Sure. So that's how I like, jokingly label my style. But that gives me a framework. So now if you go into your closet and you're perpetually one of those people that walks into a closet, it's overstuffed to the brim, but you still feel like you have nothing to wear. That means your style is either unknown or not serving you anymore in your life. So if you can slow down enough to give yourself a, a little framework to work with, then you can go in and clean out your closet based on that. Say, does this fit? You know, hold the piece up and say, first of all, does it fit still? If it doesn't, that's a story for another day. Let, let, let's let that go. Right. We'll get back to that. But if it's no longer fitting that framework for you, those frameworks are, that framework is designed to be focused on who you are authentically now and what are the goals I'm headed for. So if you just took a promotion at work or you're working to get a promotion at work and your clothes are not fitting into that space, they're not going to serve you right. So you need to be able to identify that. And I think being able to just identify that will help you tremendously from cleaning out your closet to shopping for new pieces is knowing what you're looking for. And and having that will ultimately save you time, energy, and money. Sure. Because you don't have the same frustration looking for stuff, you don't have the same frustration trying to pick outfits out, fits out, and you don't keep habitually buying things you don't wear. You're sure. only spending money on the stuff you should be wearing.
0: Sure. So during that that journey of when you got sick, put on the weight, obviously went through some transition period of kind of getting your own mind right. What was that like? What what were some of the strategies that you employed there because I'm sure I know it was fashion related, but what other things did you implement that kind of helped put your mind in that right confident space?
1: Um a lot of it was having conversations with people truly um, about understanding I wasn't alone in feeling that way. Um and a lot of it was even being able to get out of my own head enough to say um, oh, they're having this problem too. Let me focus on their struggle, and and being able to bridge that gap for them ultimately made me feel more confident about myself. Um, so I kind of worked backwards a little bit, maybe. Um, yes, clothes were a huge part of that. Just being able to take ownership, and I think I might want to have, you know, fifty pounds gone, whatever it was at that moment. But today, I can't do that. Today, I'm here. So how can I create a look I like today as I work on my goals? It's not saying you have to settle where you're at forever. It's it's understanding that acceptance and self-love is the starting point to reaching your goals. Um, so then it was just really trying to break down, again, why I'm feeling this way. Why is it important to me? What would intrinsically change um, in my life if I was able to lose weight? Sure. What if it doesn't? So it, it was just taking time to allow myself time to talk to others, time to find strength in others, um, time to help others through it too. Um, was really what it was for me.
0: Sure. That's why I asked that question. Though, is because it seems like when someone wants to address their confidence concerns, you know, solely around a wardrobe area, there's probably a long battle. Confidence wise, that they've already kind of overcome or still continuing to try to overcome. That's why I kind of ask that is that, you know, my hope and your hope alike is that, you know, the business owners out there, the audience that we're talking to, the regular people that we're talking to, whoever may come across this, is that you have the ability to form some sense of self worth and confidence. It's valuable to in every piece to yourself to be healthy for your mind to be in the right place probably for the company that you're working for probably for the family that you take care of and represent and hold together is that there's so many functions of life that play into confidence and not confidence like a a conversation that i was just having yesterday um yesterday was the championship of this men's softball league that i play in right And so, like, I'm a basketball player my whole life. Like, basketball is the language that I speak. Like, I've played – I've spent so much time on the basketball court with so many people that were so much superior to me at that time that confidence is not something that I deal with on the basketball court. I know I've spent so much time there I deserve to be playing with whoever I'm playing with. Batter's box is a different thing. Now, like, I can count on one hand the amount of fly balls I've ever dropped in my life. Like the field is not difficult for me. I know I have no, even if I drop a fly ball, my confidence does not waver in the field because I know outrageously the odds are in my favor, you know, based on my past performance. The batter's box is a different thing. Like you wake up on Monday, you come to work, you come to your sales meeting and then you have get off at five and your game's at eight. Right. Well, I'll go to D bat. It's like five minutes away and get swings in and loosen my body up. And I'm like, okay, I feel good. You get in a rhythm you're hitting the crap out of the ball, a D bat and you get there and then your first at bat. Something out of your control might happen. Like you might hit the perfect swing and someone makes an outrageous play and gets you out. At that point, you fight more against your own head in the batter's box than you do against anything. It has nothing to do with the defense at that point. It's like, Can you work up the confidence and self-awareness to hit the ball in the spot where you trust that it's going to get down? Because that's not going to happen every single time. But I feel that, and that's the reason that we were having this conversation is I go up yesterday, and I can feel myself getting less confident every time I hit. Like the first time I hit, I smoked the ball perfect, exactly where I want, get on base. The second time I walk, and I'm like, well, I didn't get a pitch that time because I hit the first one well. The third time I pop up, and I'm like, well – now i'm getting ahead of myself i'm i'm not waiting on the ball i'm not doing the things that i i think that that's like a perfect analogy for life when i was thinking about it last night is that everything and especially your first experience in a while at something gives you a really unique perspective and assumption on how you think things are going to go but the most valuable thing we can do for that a lot of times is throw that out the window our own expectations work for us and against us equally Mm -hmm. you know i think that they're an equal and opposite reaction type thing is that i get more confident in one area i get less confident in another area because i don't spend as much time and energy there so finding those things that pinpoint to your personality and your characteristics and your goals and how you would describe yourself in one sentence i think that that's an incredible way to approach problem solving in general is because what are the few things that I can build on that I'm already solid on that is going to make this a lot easier for me? And so your process of taking people and curating confidence, it kind of it abides that whole loop. Even though you have one tool in there that you really specialize with is that you realize that there's so many other portions of the pie that have to be touched for your tool to be effective. That's what's unique to me about what your tool does. It really is. I I think that that's very unique. I don't don't think that there are a lot of people that are taking that multifaceted approach. There's a lot of um, weight loss and health people and nutrition people out there that really swear by if you get healthy and at this rate, your mind's going to do the right things. Or athletes that hire trainers and say, if you do this thing, your numbers are going to be here and your mind's going to be in the right place but I don't think it's a one size fits all solution or a solution that you can dumb down to these are the things that you like to do. So that's, what's unique to that's why I wanted to have this conversation here is that there are so many pieces. Like if you look at, Oh, I just can't get anything started. I, I can't get on the right track with my mind. Well, there are so many opportunities for you to pick one area of your life and put some energy and momentum toward. And I think that's all it takes for a lot of people it's like one push in the right direction, a lot of really, really good things could happen. So that, that's, that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you is I think that's unique. You know, I think that you, you have the ability to leave a lasting impression on people, even with a very limited scope of work, It's going to do a lot of good things for a lot of good people.
1: Thank you. And I want to acknowledge, that was a really powerful analogy you just made. Thank you. I really brought this full circle. That was, that was mm-hmm. really awesome. But yeah, I, I, like to use this as a catalyst for people right it might not be um you know i hear a lot from people like i just don't care about my clothes that's okay you don't have to if you're you know but for the people that need something to jump start to be a catalyst for them um this is this is an approach that you know can can help them in those areas and i see it a lot for people um in professional industries, even, I've had clients come to me and say, my boss says I can't be client-facing looking like this. What does that mean? And, you know, it's like they're they're great at their job. They're killers in their industry. Sure. They've got the talent and the, the um, whatever, the talent and the experience to be at that, like, high-level playing field in their industry. But... Now they're having to go do board meetings, and they're having to go present to people, and they're feeling insecure on that level. So it's about marrying the two. Which, sure. Yeah. It's, sure. It's it's all the the moving parts and putting together with a catalyst. So.
0: Sure. And people solve those problems a lot of different ways. Absolutely. They 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 you can hire people and bring people on your team that are that are shortcoming. That that's a really thing that uh developers do a lot is that. As a developer, you literally speak a language that you know none of us can speak. Like, I don't, I don't know the language that sits behind all of these websites. Like, I don't know what <laughs> that computer over there is thinking right now. I don't speak that language. But you speak that language really well. You can make these things dance. Like, I've seen incredible things happen. Right. Like, I've seen developers put together incredible products in 10 days that you're like, this is how easy it is to make an app? No, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) You have to go learn that whole language. And they would rather spend more time developing their knowledge and understanding of that language while hiring and bringing like a liaison to their team that can handle all the client-facing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I know a developer shop that's like three incredibly talented developers that wear T-shirts and cargo shorts and Crocs every day. And they have a suit and tie guy that comes to their offense and handles their client meetings and sells their deals that doesn't do, he doesn't know the first character of code, <laughs> but he doesn't need to. It's not his job. You know, so like confidence can come from so many places as well as that. You don't always need to address some of the shortcomings that you have in your life is that there are people that can pick up slack for you. You know, there, there are people that If you don't find that as your area of expertise, as your value in life, is that there are people that you can add to your team that want to help that. And I think that's you or I as well, is that whether it's in your business, we want to help you establish some type of confidence and say, hey, if you have these products and here's what your capability is, you're really going to set yourself up for success. If you're wearing the right things and you most importantly feel the right way when you walk in your office, you can do incredible things. Right. Like I've had that same experience. I had um, an issue with um, Addison's. I don't know if you know what that is. So mm-hmm. basically what my body was doing was creating adrenaline at the time where it should have been making melatonin and vice versa. It was making oh. melatonin when it should have been making adrenaline. So like adrenaline excitement what keeps you up all day. That's why after lunch, you're loaded yourself up with carbs and you're dreading your next meeting and you're sleepy. Your body wants to make melatonin and rest and digest and calm down. But at night, my body was making adrenaline so I could sit in the middle of the night and be trying to go to sleep because I have a meeting the next day and be, I wanna go run around my neighborhood. Like that's how intense my body was. was, And I had pancreas issues. It came from uh, pancreatitis, you know? So like I had health issues that were restricting not only the my confidence because i couldn't sleep because i felt like i was going crazy but i didn't have confidence after even once i fixed that once i addressed these issues once i took medicine that helped me regulate what was going on i had confidence issues after like every time i would stay up too late i would have anxiety because Mm -hmm. i thought my body was just going to revert to this oh you're never going to be able to sleep again you know what i mean so like The things that you overcome and really this is kind of what i'm trying to say i guess in a ton of words is that it's not always close related or any of the things that you say that anyone could say is these are what my my confidence issues that that ability that you have to kind of sink down to that base level insecurity and address that is unique in itself like just dumbing down the problem to well, let's try to fix these one, two, three things first before we address all of these other things and see kind of what our response is to that is unique in itself. You know, as well as I do, a bunch of business owners and busy people and CEOs and regular people that work regular jobs that go on like their health kick every year. Right. Like I'm going on this all shake diet and I'm working out eight hours a day and I'm doing all of these things like how how long do those people last doing this? And I do it too. I, like I do it yes. all the time. I do that. <laughs> I'm going to so do cool. this for three months, and then one month one month in, I'm like, oh, so taxing. You know, like, and and it's not even like that. So it's like, I just think it's unique how you've kind of found what this vessel is going to be to be a difference maker for a lot of people. You know, like I think that's what credit card processing is to us is that we want you to be confident that your business is going to work, that you have the processes, that you have the things in your business that are going to make it happen, you know, and, and on a mindset level, I think this is one of those most important things. So awesome. that's my two cents. Um, Take it. Why don't you tell us, I want to know this is first, let, let me not skip this. What would you be doing if you weren't doing this?
1: Ooh. Um, it's so funny because actually for the first time in, in working in,
0: you feel like you're doing what you supposed like to doing? I feel like I'm doing exactly
1: what I'm supposed to be doing and what really? I want to be doing. I feel like I've it's been a culmination of events to get me to this point. So I, I, I feel like I've kind of hit that. Um, sure. Honestly.
0: What's the most fun job you can think of?
1: That I've done or that I would like to try?
0: That you would like to try.
1: Ooh. Because
0: um, you don't hit me as your typical skydiving instructor. I was you know? literally
1: about to say I'd like to do tandem jumps. Really?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs>
1: Uh, Cause I've only done it once and I had such a freeing, like it was such a freeing experience, sure. but the idea of like coaching other people to do it, I'm like, I don't even know if I could do it by myself first. So I think right. it was like that push to challenge myself. Yeah. But probably still have it's fun. two of those things. Like I have
0: this mountain to climb on my own so that I can get the satisfaction of helping other people. Yeah. climb own. That makes sense.
1: That's really funny. That makes
0: sense. I say that to everybody though. I'm like, yeah, you don't look like your skydiving instructor. And no, a, lot people, like a lot of people a lot of will agree to that and be like, no, it's not me. And then I'll ask them if they've been skydiving. They're like, yeah. I went, I'm like, what the hell? You're so close. Oh. It's no different, but it's just overcoming fear, man. That's why I think it's so unique. It's like you, you have this unique out, outlook on fear and you address <laughs> it in a healthy way.
1: It's It's been the only um, saving grace to some of my struggles. Sure. So it's being sure. able to address it head on and try to figure out how to work through it.
0: Well, tell us, how do we find you? How do we get in touch with you if we want to buy from you or send you referrals?
1: Uh, yeah, so curatingconfidence.com. It's my website. Um, you can find out all sorts of information there, probably more than you would ever want to know. Um, <laughs> but it also <laughs> provides you a link. You can jump on and book a totally free call with me and, and just have a discussion around what's going on for you and if I'm the right fit for you. Um, I, I want to have that conversation too. I'm not trying to bring in people that I can't serve sure. at my highest level. So, it, you know, if, if that's interesting to you and you just want to know more, consultation calls are totally free. Jump on there. Book, book one out. It's sure. convenient to you. Otherwise, Instagram, curating under, underscore confidence. You can find me there. And Facebook, the same thing, curating confidence. It's all branded.
0: So, so tell me, um, so it's like 18 months of owning your business?
1: I have been in business officially, yeah, 18 months.
0: What has, and we use burn the ship yeah. always, What is burning the ship, opening your own business, kind of stepping out in your own world? What has that done for your confidence? Like what, what just describe to me that whirlwind of your mind and the ups and downs of owning a business and with in mind that there are a lot of people in our audience that are weighing these same things is that they want to feel the empowerment of opening their own business and controlling what it is they can control. So talk to us a little bit about what that feels like.
1: Um, it is the most liberating and terrifying juxtaposition of feelings I have ever had. Um, Love
0: that word juxtaposition. I use it a lot, and a lot of not, not a lot of people know what it means. Yeah, it's a great word. It's a, great it's a word. good one.
1: <laughs> it's it's my Scrabble word. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
0: if you hit me with that in Scrabble, I <laughs> quit. Gosh.
1: No, um, but it, it's it really had to make me challenge my confidence again. Like I had done all this work to build up confidence to get to the point where I was like, I'm ready to do this. Let's go. And then you get in and you're like, I have no freaking clue what I'm doing. Whoa. (laughs) So it has really caused me um, to take a step back and to really self-reflect on what am I innately good at? What am I innately crappy at? And how do I... because owning your own business especially in the beginning when you're wearing all the hats and you're not necessarily a good marketer or you're not necessarily a good sales pitch you know I, i'm the technician i like to stay in my bubble <laughs> of doing these things but how do i encompass all the things to make your sure. business scale and grow and be sustainable so it has really made me go through so much personal development so i'd say dive in do it find the people that can guide you or at least push you through the areas you're weaker in sure you know look to other people you don't have to figure it all out on your own somebody else has figured it out ask for help exactly um that's that's what i would say because it has truly made me like grow on a personal level i never expected
0: sure i I think a big portion of owning a business and like a big the big learning curve early on of of opening a business is that at the beginning, it feels like you're spread so thin, like mm-hmm. you have to address fires on 20 different fronts, but like the deeper you get into your business, the more you fulfill, you know, build your team around you. Right. And the more that you just get time in is that eventually your mind either recategorizes those things where it's like, 10 fires feels like one fire now Mm -hmm. or you understand what like your key performance indicators of like here are the the main x number of things that i have to be doing that drive the growth of my business because there's no doubt that the the product and the service that you render is giving such a unique feel to people that are doing business with you is that I seriously don't think that's one of the fires that you're putting out. You're, you're super well-versed in your industry as well as the mindset of a lot of people that you're working with. You've been doing it for right. a long time. Is that once you get into your business and you have a team, you have people around you that help you with stuff, then you're like, well, really, if I just do these two or three things, a lot of good things happen. Now, that might need lead to some more responsibility for other people depending sure. on how the growth goes, but <clears throat> a lot of good things happen when you put your energy in the right place. you know. And, and I think that... The fear that a lot of people have about starting their own business, that's a big underlying fear is that, man, can I handle all of these 10 or 20 things that I have to do to run my own business? And really, it's not that. Absolutely. It's not 20 things a lot of times. And maybe in in month one, maybe in month six. Sure. But at month 18, you're like, okay, maybe there's four or five now. Maybe there's eight. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. two. You know, like... It's a growing process. You, you grow into your business and your business grows into itself and it takes its own form over time. Absolutely so does. burn the ship. Burn Give the it ship. a
1: try. Can I add one, one more thought on that? Yeah, go ahead. Um, if somebody had told me this a long time ago, I think uh, what I realized was, and I probably would have started this business much sooner than I did, was don't wait for an epiphany to hit you. Right. Clarity comes from action. It doesn't have to be perfect action. It can be messy. You can redo it. You can go back and and change and you're not married to it. But take action because that's where the clarity of your business is going to come from.
0: For sure. So. Absolutely. Keep moving forward. Yep.
1: Drop the insecurities. Let them go.
0: Thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah.